Hello, and welcome to a very youthful edition of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. I'm very excited to announce on the show today, Yaman Kam, or Cameron Brown. He's an up-and-coming drywall extraordinaire with a knack for fancy videos and a fantastic personality. We discuss working with Columbia Tools, specifically the throttle box, how he got into the trade, subcontracting, and a little bit about running your own business. And uh, we talk about his trailer setup, which is fantastic, and also wallpaper, and a little bit about Fresco Harmony, and why he chooses the five inch knife over the that I six worked around always used a six and I always found it weird when somebody wasn't using a six. Like oh, I was brought up to use a six and just yeah. started using I've actually found Switched. there's a job that we did. Um another crew, there's another drywall company in our area. Another crew came in and textured my ceilings. Like I wasn't even skimmed. Like every the whole house was bedded. And this crew showed up, sk- textured my ceilings. Nice. I get a, I get a call. It was like deer season. I wasn't even at work. I get a call and said, "Hey, did you texture those ceilings?" I'm like, "No." Well, who did? I don't know. <laughs> so they, they better uh, get out their tomahawk skimming blades. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when I got back to the job. I found a five inch knife on that job from where those guys left it, and that was my first five inch knife. And funny, I've used one of yeah. The Drywall Podcast is brought to you today exclusively by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Fresco Harmony is the first color line specifically designed for drywall mud. If you have questions about Fresco Harmony, the Drywall Podcast, or anything, you can find us at info at frescoharmony.com. For now, though, it's my absolute pleasure to introduce to you Yaman Kam, the 21st episode on the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into Cameron. it. What's up, brother? What's going on? Look at you all pro over there with your microphone and your headphones. I came prepared. This younger crowd, I tell you. How <laughs> <laughs> you doing, man? We'll get into that. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking, but he kind of got offended when I brought up the word millennial. Like, yeah, like that's, what? That's your generation always. Okay. All right. Label in the ages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, dude, I, I was graduating college or graduating high school like yesterday. So I remember, but like when you get to like into your 40s, it's like you don't, you enter this world of like, am I old? You know, Cam, welcome to the Drywall Podcast. Do you prefer Cameron or Cam? Whatever you want to call me, Nick. Or uh, Yaman Cam. I always <laughs> want to say Yaman Cam with kind of a, with like a, uh, with a Rastafari type of twist on it. I like it. I've got a playlist that's uh, Rasta Man Cam. You kind of look, Ra- you look a little Rasta. So yeah, it's like Yaman Cam. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um drywall extraordinaire uh you bursted onto the scene um in recent days i mean like it's i feel like two months ago 
I didn't, you know, I never seen you. I didn't know who you were. And then all of a sudden it's like, I got this sweet Columbia tool and you're busting all these sweet videos. Um, yeah. Now Columbia sent me tools to do little <laughs> reviews on and crazy. I've gained like 250 followers in the past 90 days. Like, I don't know. It feels like things are starting to blow up. Weird. Weird. <laughs> I mean, and you seem kind of natural with the camera. Your can I was like watching your camera positioning. Like all that seems pretty good. Did you do like some audio visual stuff in high school or what's the story? Oh no, man, this this is all learning as I go. Very cool. Very like, have you made a lot of videos? No. No. This is I'm just now getting into using iMovie and getting better with it. Interesting. Um, well, you're very good at it. You're natural, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and what thought, kind of, you know uh, at first it was just like a way of displaying my work and now the like columbia sending me tools and stuff it's like now i'm getting to educate people on it more you know it's more than just me posting goofy videos of me screwing off at work you know <laughs> yeah but goofy videos are fun too i we try to be a little bit goofy here on the drywall podcast just because i think it's fun oh, yeah. um <laughs> and and uh, to your credit you are the first podcastee to have a microphone set up yeah i told you my brother's like an audio engineer so uh, as soon as i told him i was gonna be on a podcast he's like bro i got you okay i'll hook you up brother you're uh <laughs> yeah. and what's the age difference between you and your bro five years five years yeah nice awesome uh so yeah uh cam He's, uh, you're 28, 27, 27. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And how long have you been in the trade? Uh, four years going on five. Not too bad. Not too bad. So you're pretty much an expert by now. I'm still learning that. There's still so much to learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's why I was so hesitant to put my videos out at first is cause like all the stuff that I'm putting out there, I'm learning as I go, man, this commando set, I've never worked with a compound tube. Until, up until right. like the past, past few months, you know. Sure. And here I, like, I don't, I feel comfortable putting my opinion out on it because, you know, I've went from hand taping to run the bazooka and, you know, it's basically the middle step. But uh, no, it's, it's kind of weird. Just all these tools, man, are new to me. I started out Hawk and Trial. And yeah. Just seeing all these videos on Instagram, seeing flat boxes and stuff. Now, the guy that taught me, he did run flat boxes, but we didn't run them much. Right. Who taught you? Um, a friend of a friend. A um, friend of a friend. Yeah, I quit a job without – had a slight plan. I didn't have a job interview lined up, but uh, they told me they were going to get me in for an interview. So I quit my job, went like a month, never heard anything about that job interview. And a friend of a friend was like, hey, I've finished drywall. I'm kind of looking for a helper. Are you interested? And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. What the hell? I don't know yeah. anything about drywall. I grew up in a double wide trailer. We had yeah. uh, fucking drywall paneling with the little trim strips, you know? Beautiful. Love that stuff. I'm going in first day of work and uh, thinking, he's told me, you know, we don't hang it. We're just finishing it. I'm like, all right, cool. We're just putting like little finished trim strips up. This is going to be easy. Oh, and, uh, you were thinking you were thinking wood paneling in your brain. Yeah, like no, like <laughs> the drywall paneling with like the little wood trim strips that you see. I don't know if you you know what I'm talking about or not. It's basically like wood paneling, but instead of uh, being wood, it's just drywall. They just yeah. cover the seams with like trim. 
but That's anyway funny. i get it there and he's talking about you know using mud and tape on the way to work and i'm like what, what the hell is he talking about you know get there and a whole different world man <laughs> gets me on the stilts the first day i'm walking up and down the steps like a natural I'm like, oh yeah like, like if travel doesn't work out i'll just go join the circus like this is cool yeah <laughs> Yeah, stilts are pretty fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you put that hawk and trowel in my hands, and you know, you're watching somebody work that mud looks so easy. You put that, put that mud on that trowel, man, that stuff's running straight down on my feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you like, you must have, uh, you must have liked something about it had to have like attracted you. You must have liked it right away. Yeah, I always thought I was going to end up in the construction trades. When I was in high school, I told my parents that like we had the trade school where you could go the last two years of school, start doing construction trades. Okay. And uh, when it came to that time, my parents were like, no, that's that's for the, the slow kids. Like, that's not you. You're not going to – construction kids don't turn yeah, out to be it's for that's Yeah, that's for the losers who want to <laughs> yeah. make money who want to make money and don't and don't want any debt. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, you're going to go to school and go into debt now. But uh, <laughs> when I came – I didn't go to the trade school, um, graduated – didn't have a plan, just started working like odd jobs, little jobs here and there. And uh, I was a mechanic before I started doing drywall. Okay. A year and a half. What were you working out. on as a mechanic? Started out doing, just helping out with the oil changes and tire changes. And the position came up, slowly working my way up. Ended up, after like a year and a half, I was changing motors and transmissions. Nice. It, uh, it was a decent job. I mean, I wouldn't be doing it for a career. I still hate working on cars, but yeah, uh, I do too. It just wasn't me. It came to a point where I was working overtime because obviously I was learning as I went, didn't know how to change motors and transmissions. So it was taking me longer to do the jobs than what was quoted. So I was putting in the extra hours, no problem. But it came to payday and I wasn't getting paid for them. And I was like, you know, we need to either start like, I need to be getting paid for the time that I'm here. I'm working like 60 hours a week and only getting paid for 40. And uh, so I was like, we need to start work, you know, either pay me extra or pay me for the time I'm here. Well, hopefully that only happened once, right? No, that went on for a few weeks until I finally said something about it. And I said something about it on a Friday. And he said, you know what? I worked, it was a husband and wife, small business. Oh boy. You know, I'll talk to my wife over the weekend and I'll come back to Monday, talk to you. Yeah. So Monday came and I'm in the middle of pulling a motor and nothing was said until like four o'clock that day. Sure. And uh, quitting time. He looks at me and says, Cam, you can go home. I know you don't like working overtime. I was like, man, it's not that I don't like working overtime. It's like, I don't like working and not getting paid to be at work, you know? <laughs> so I went home that evening, got all my uniforms, went straight back there, turned it in, quit right in the middle of that motor job. Yeah, it's fair to say that those guys were douchebags. Yeah, respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, they were family friends, and they gave me an opportunity to work. I mean, it was a learning experience for me. I'm thankful for it in the end. It's um, very empowering, though, that you did that. A lot of people eat that for a while. Um, it's empowering yeah, that you were, you well, stood you stood up for yourself in a small amount of time, and also people don't do that when they're younger. No, I did hold a grudge. Just. In life, I've learned to get over that stuff. It doesn't do you any good, man. Bury it. Move on. Yeah, but I mean, you—you you, not only did you move on, you spoke up. You create. You set a boundary. People struggle with that. Like you know, that's a big deal in no, li in had, life in general. 
No, that dude worked hard too. Like uh, he built his business and me working for him allowed me to see, you know, his work ethic and okay. built me as a person a lot. You know, I'm thankful for that experience that I had. It it sucks looking back at it that I worked all that time and didn't get paid, but I got paid in a way. I didn't get paid in you know monetary value, but I I benefited from it. That's a really good outlook. I like that. Um, and so uh, you went and uh, you jumped in with your friend of a friend into the drywall industry. And he got you on stilts the first day. He was like, this guy's nuts. We'll get him on stilts, get him running the high shit, like out of the gate. Yeah, I was naturally athletic, so I was good on the stilts. He taught me how to hand tape. We didn't have any bazooka, didn't run the banjo. He okay. did buy a banjo at one point. He tried to teach me how to run it, but we, I didn't like it. <laughs> I hated the banjo. It was messy. Yeah. Blisters from it. It just, it was a lot more work for me. You know, it was easy for him because he's a wipe down guy. <laughs> Use of the, the banjo, which he didn't know how to run it either. So it was kind of like, here's a banjo. I've ran it once. Figure it out. <laughs> cool. So you, uh, you listened to a couple podcasts before you met me. I listen to, I would say, most of the podcasts. I haven't checked out Christy Slade's, and I haven't checked out uh, uh, what's the dude that posts all the aliens and stuff. Oh, Paps. Paps, yeah. I haven't checked those out either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's such a he's such a nice guy. Um, yeah, his those two are a little bit more crude. You know, they're mm-hmm. earlier on, and you can tell, like, I'm sort of getting better as I go. Yeah, but, the first one I checked out was uh, the drywall artist because I've got him on Instagram. Okay. That's what I've noticed. I'm more likely to check it out. At first, I was more likely to check out the podcast if I knew the person. But now it's like at the point where I enjoy it so much, I'm just checking each one out. That's <laughs> so cool. I could not have. I could I not was, have. Uh, I was really surprised that uh, I figured you do all three sculpture artists right in a row. Well, Keith didn't call me back. And then. Um... I do want to do the sculpture artist. So I'm very curious. Uh, I'm going to get on the horn with Bernie, but then I'm also, I'm an artist. So I do a lot and, mm-hmm. and um, I'm very fluid about life and a lot of, a lot of things that I do. Now, sometimes that can be like beneficial. Sometimes it can be, it can, it can be a, a, a burden. Um I want to be fluid too with the guests that I have on the show, kind of like where I can fluidly move from one guest to another if I have to. Let's say Cam, you know, let's say you can't be on the show or something, then I can still have somebody else in line to be on the show. And, and you know, maybe everything's not going to work out the way that I think it is. I was yeah. thinking about that too uh, just recently. Like I was kind of going to have all three you know, drywall sculpture artists on, but it, but it shifted. It's the direction that I wanted to go shifted. And part of it was, um, I went to message you on that Columbia tool video. And I think I told you this story and I accidentally, (laughs) I accidentally hit the Columbia tool people. And like, so (laughs) like, I was like, well, screw it. I'll interview them. Who cares? Like that, another aspect of the fluidity, like, you you, did you, did you uh, tell him that you screwed up or did you just play it off? Oh, I totally told him I screwed up. I, you know, I, 
it, I have nothing to hide. Like, and they thought it was funny. And also, too, yeah. I'm constantly testing the water with people. Honestly, I think that, like, um, and I mean, we're getting into me a little bit. You know, we need to focus on you. But uh, um, in business, it's almost like I've gone through the gamut enough that I'm tired and I don't want to play games anymore. And so you can sort of vet people, um, you know, out of the gate. It's very interesting. And people, people will fall on all different, uh, all different sides of the scope of like, what, what type of personality that like I fit with, or that I jive with. Mm -hmm. And there's people in this industry that are really clued in and keyed into helping. There's like a helping energy and it's really powerful. And then there's other people that I wouldn't necessarily say don't want to help, but they would go, they might go out of their way to hurt and it might be conscious or unconscious, but it goes into, that's why I talk a lot about the rigidity and the, um, the stubbornness of the drywall industry and the willingness to change and like these sorts of things. Cause also I'm pushing a new product. Mm -hmm. So that I find that very curious, but when I talked to those dudes at Columbia, I instantly liked them. And, you know, of course I told them like, you know, cause it's kind of a funny story, yeah. like out of the gate, it's a funny story. And if you, if they took offense to that, you know, um, my, you know, ignorance, I could have went, Oh, I didn't mean to message you. I could have said that, but I was like, yeah, totally. And then, and then uh, Aaron called and he was super cool. We talked for like an hour, yeah. you know? So that's sort of a long version of that story. I can really get, go off on tangents, but uh, those guys are super cool. And then I got to meet Elliot and I was, and then uh, we like talked about me going up there and interviewing them and all this stuff. And then I thought about that for a couple of days and I was like, screw it. I want to interview those guys. They're like super cool. Like we'll just schedule the damn podcast. And, um, you know, so now, uh, now all of a sudden the, uh, the sculpture artists are like, they're taking even more of a bath, <laughs> but we'll get around to those sculpture yeah, artists. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We'll catch back up with those sculpture. Art they aren't going anywhere. I know where Bernie is. <laughs> Um, uh, and so that's very cool. So you start doing drywall and now, uh, maybe very quickly you figured out, I was, I was still working for somebody at your age. I mean, I did piece rate down in Sierra Vista, but you figured out very quickly, or maybe you're not working with that original person, correct? I'm still working sort of with them. Yeah. Um, after. Let's see. And can you say who it is? What company it yeah. is? Yeah, Miller Drywall, Rodney Miller. Um, Miller. Rodney's been a great, yeah. Um, Rodney's been like a mentor to me. He's been great to work with. Um, I think it was about six months or so after I got off on my own from working with that dude. Um, he encouraged me to go off on my own as far as getting precision drywall started okay. and working as a sub for him. Um, the money was better. I could write all my tools off as tax deductions, my mileage, all that. Sure. Um, and, you know, the first couple of years working for him, you know, I'd get those phone calls. Hey, will you come do a 10 sheet job? And it's like, first off, we were so busy and I was working so hard to keep up with his schedule. I mean, you're putting a young kid in a 10,000 square foot house that, you know, 
normal guys are turning out in six to seven days, maybe five days. Okay. And it's taken me two weeks, you know, I'm in there with a hawk and trout doing everything by hand, just working 60 to 80 hours to keep up with everyone. Yeah. Um, it's hard but, too. Yeah. That that's hard so, work like, to do 80 hours or 60, oh, even sure. 60. Mm-hmm. You yeah, burn out quick. Seven days for sure. Yeah, that was that was rough the first couple of years. I mean, I've literally worked two Christmases, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, two years in a row. Um, it was tough. But that's what you gotta do to keep up with the schedule, I guess. Sometimes. Um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I was getting at with that is the first couple of years it was so, like I would just ignore those phone calls whenever I'd get those little ten sheet jobs or you know, anything. Okay. On my own, it was just so hard for me to work in that it would just be, it wouldn't be worth it. Okay. Um, and I was bidding the jobs wrong at the time. I didn't know how much to bid them. I was underbidding them, working too hard to do them. Yeah. It just, it didn't work out. So as I got older, started learning the price and talking with Roddy more about it and getting to know how things worked, understanding yeah. things more and picking up more of my own work now. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, that that pricing thing. These old timers, they think that like you just intrinsically know that shit. Like, why are you asking me this information that I too had to ask somebody? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have a cool ass boss that will tell you, well, then you have just, then you have to find out. And that's just such a hard question to ask. You know how you yeah. ask the guy you're working for how much he's charging. <laughs> and yeah. expecting to answer honestly and you know? a better question is how much are you making off of my ass <laughs> yeah yeah right because <laughs> you know you're gonna figure that it's so easy to run somebody else's numbers me and him talk about that all the time yeah yeah um, you know, that guy always looks like he's doing great when you do <laughs> and also that is a tough conversation from an owner's standpoint i used to not talk as much with my guy jack about it <laughs> it's like because of that uh, you know, I want to make a profit. Um, you know, there, there is a fine line between making as much money as I can possibly make off of somebody and then making sure that they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause you want to make profit and you have to, that, that thing of not charging enough that sticks with you for a long time. That's a really hard for me. It was a really hard thing to shake. Mm-hmm. that uh you know not charging and i still wrestle with it and i oh, no. it, I, you know because it's but, your li- uh, it's your livelihood it's yeah. like you know at first you want to get every job because you need to pay rent and stuff and like you want to get your name out there yeah and you want and so you you that you learn to underprice yourself but then as you go, you really have to have discipline around shifting, like shifting that to, oh, I, it's not just an hourly rate. It's I got to pay for maintenance on my car. I have to pay for tools. I have to pay for insurance. I have to one day pay somebody else. Mm-hmm. Those are all factors and still turn a profit. Yeah. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go from? Where were we going with that? We haven't talked about the tools yet. I want to get into the tools. <laughs> the tools. Uh, I was going to ask about uh, the mud runner. So now all of a sudden, yeah, they've. I finished that one this morning and I was listening to you guys talk about the mud runner. And uh, 
Drywall Master was the name of the brand you guys were looking for. Him. Master. Who was I talking? Who was I talking to about the Mud Runner? And I, I said uh, I never. That was the sculpture ran- artist. I forget what his name is. The sculpture. Oh yeah, uh, um, Griffin. Griffin. Jason Griffin. Yeah, I've known him for a long time. He's, you know, some of these guys and I go back, go way back with the fresco stuff. But, uh, but his stuff is so cool. Have you looked at some of his art? No, I haven't. It's that, insane. Uh, the first I'd heard of him. Oh my gosh, it's it's really unreal, you know. But uh, we get into the weeds a little bit about uh, the mud runner. So it's a tube, and there's a difference between pushing mud through a tube onto the wall versus. And I'll use like the angle box as a reference because you you push the angle box just kind of like a regular box, but then they have a mud tube that you can push the mud through and also glaze your angle heads at the same angles inside angles at the same time so uh, talk about the difference i don't know i haven't worked a lot with the mud runner from tape tech um i've got one that was an old one that rodney had laying around the shop and needs rebuilt okay i run the throttle box um but i am interested about the mud runner i wish i could tell you more about it that's the one tool that i really have no experience at all okay all right explain the throttle box the throttle box is the same as your regular angle box, but it's got the springs on the back, which help not only push, but like, you know, when you're pulling your legs with the angle box and you pull it off the wall and the door opens and it gets the air in the box. And the next time you got to put it on the wall, you got to push the air back out of the angle box. Yeah. It eliminates that. So okay. there's no more air in the box, um, which I think is great. Okay. The, and the not having to push as hard pushing the angle box sucks there's no yeah no good way doing that <laughs> yeah um and then who runs the uh who wh- what throttle box are you using is that the columbia that are you yeah using? Okay. Columbia. and i use the seven inch um i i started out with an eight inch box but i couldn't pull my legs and one swipe like i would have to pull halfway down turn the box over and then pull back up from the bottom ah okay there's so a, lot that... of, a lot of places that i couldn't get it like small closets the eight inch box just didn't do nearly as well as the seven inch box you got to make a few more trips to the pump throughout the day but it's worth it yeah do you have one of those fancy electronic pumps i don't <laughs> greg has the next thing on my list i just bought another predator so if i had i not bought the other predator i would have bought the power fill the bazooka the predator yeah, I've got three of them now. Three the one... predators. Holy yeah. shit. Why do you need three predators? One of them, the first one I bought is just tore down. It's a parts bazooka. I mean, it could be okay. rebuilt. All right. Not by me. I've rebuilt two of them now. First time I rebuilt one, it still leaked. Second time was a success. Um, this third time, I just went to rebuild one. I didn't have the rebuild kit, and all while had them on sale. So it was, it was a no-brainer just buy another one. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. And so, what are you getting for a Predator uh, on on sale? Fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen, honey. Yeah, that'll make that that'll make up for uh, if you're good at the bazooka. One oh, job. it'll pay for itself. Yeah, <laughs> easy. <laughs> to all you banjo guys out there, one job, dude. And I'm not I I'm not saying that like loosely. I've had um, this thing 
rim just like spinning the wheel on it, hearing that little click just like can't wait to get it on board <laughs> yeah yeah a new predator probably just runs like a like a dream like oh, yeah, for sure uh it's like pro- probably like going from like a rigid frame mountain bike to you know i don't know if you mountain bike at all <laughs> yeah to like I mean, mountain bikes are so dialed now that it's like you jump on oh, a good, from the stuff that they've got. Yeah, it's crazy. You jump on a good bike and it's like shh, dangerous. <laughs> the compound tube. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm been working with this month. I mean, I've been working with the past couple months. Columbia sent it to me like two months in advance. Okay, what's the Columbia? What's the compound tube? Explain it. Um, the compound tube. The whole command. It. Do you want? The whole commando set really the compound tube is pretty simple um it's just a tube that you stick down in a bucket of mud pull okay. back, and then you can get all kinds of applicator heads your flat applicator head your internal applicator head okay um they've even got external applicator heads for your bone or corner bead what's the benefit to the compound tube where you would be loading mud by hand the compound tube comes in handy. It would be great for someone just getting into taping. Uh, not that hard to tape by hand, but it would speed up the process. It's okay. It, you know, when you're first, I assume that you learned hand taping to begin with. Kinda. They were all running the tools, so it was oh, just. They were all running the tools. Yeah. See, they wouldn't let me. Uh, they wouldn't no... let me touch them. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. I was like. Dude, I want to, yeah, I was like, I want to run that, you know? And they were like, no, get away from me. Get away from me, dude. That's weird for me because I was taught, you know, how to hand tape. Uh-huh. So when I went down to Arizona and people were finishing by hand, I was like, what's the matter with you guys? Right. That, that was yeah. my instant. This was 20 years ago, dude. And people <laughs> are still hand taping. And I was like, even back then, I was like, why are you hand even if it's a small garage like i'll bust out the tools and then the first thing i learned was how to clean the tools like they (laughs) as an apprentice they don't let you learn how to like they send all the tools down with the apprentice and you clean all of them so you get super fast at just cleaning them bitches so like (laughs) once you learn how to run them it's like oh you're worried about the time it takes to clean them oh well that's not a big deal because i can clean them real quick (laughs) Not, not a big deal oh i got water on my pants who cares (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's uh, another thing the guy that taught me he never cleaned his flat boxes like he always just threw them in a bucket of water and dude that water would get to stinking so bad i mean we yeah. would carry three buckets onto the jobs 10 is 12 and then the third bucket had uh angle box and some angle heads on it and man that water would get stinking and i i mean since i bought my tools i've been so bad like cleaning them every time i've yeah. got uh, you should yeah i've got that what uh box trailer and I've got a 50-gallon water tank in there with a little pressure washer underneath. There you it. go. There you and go. And I walk outside and spray my tools off around the job site. Like that's I pretty, that's smart. Yeah, it sucks in the winter time here because I gotta yeah. shut it down. But I'm going to uh, upgrade to a Dewalt uh, pressure washer. Those cordless ones. Yeah. You can just take it out of the trailer, take it in the job site. It'll be good. I've already got the water tank to where it won't freeze. I've got just a. Uh, Deicer, yeah, like some farms. So. <laughs> Sorry, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I love uh, it. Air fryer, microwave, everything in my trailer, like full kitchen. We're there you bougie. go. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just finally started using an air fryer for potatoes. They're fantastic. Yeah, 
I don't even have one at my house, but I've got one on the job site. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, the, yeah, you would be fun to work with because you got a lot of stuff dialed in, man. Like that cleaning thing's yeah. no joke. But so you got air fryer. You have a Not coffee bad. maker. I had, I had uh, bought that. What was it? Do you remember Is the coffee maker that came Makita? out? The Makita. Maki- Makita. Makita's no, got Makita. a little. <laughs> that one's cool. Um, this was. <laughs> it, I thought it was going to be a hit, but it was a total flop. Like Lowe's carried on there the ox tough or no? Nah, I can't remember what the name of it is, but uh, it just takes the little K cups. But no, I, I took it out of the trailer. I quit drinking coffee at work. Just get it on the way there and on the way home. <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it could be a uh, burdensome. You you don't want to stop and go take a sip of coffee. You know, right, right. <laughs> yeah water water is what you want to be drinking on the job site like yeah if you're listening out there i don't care what age you are or how smart you are um invest in a water bottle and uh, a big one and keep that keep that with you all the time and drink a couple of those a day and um you know you have to pee more but it's so good for your body and drink spring water. Don't be drinking that purified bullshit. Well, or uh, I have two purifiers. I have a fridge purifier, and then I have one of those. Uh, I have a purifier on my uh, sink at home. Mm-hmm. But I'm a water snob. I like. Uh, I w- I'll only drink or make coffee with purified water. Uh huh. Because though I'm even like you know you know I don't want to waste the bottles. You know, there's no need, and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, fifty bucks. 50 bucks, I think you can get a full change out kit for the year for my, uh, it's a triple filter system that I got from Costco that attaches to your sink and it has a five gallon tank. You're not carrying cases of water into your house. I mean, that's my problem is I'm mm-hmm. carrying like four or five cases of water in the house every week. No, they're way, and it's wasteful, like all that plastic. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. You're, you're yeah. right. Yeah, the plastic, and I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a super like recycle guy, but the plastic waste from like a case of those, if you start just using one water bottle and become conscious about it, you start recognizing like the, all the plastic bottles and it's just like, they're so unnecessary and you're wasting money. You know, it's yeah, just water. Uh-huh. It's also like, I use that same philosophy with like getting cash back. Like if a place charges me cash back, I won't get cash back from that place ever because you can get cash still in today's day and age like i'm like i'm cheap like that it's like oh you're charging me 50 cents i just bought a hundred dollars worth of groceries and you're going to charge me 50 cents for cash back no don't worry (laughs) about it (laughs) i'll get cash from somewhere else thanks though kind of like that so columbia so uh you were going to go through this this kit tell me a little bit about this kit because somebody else so you won this kit no they uh they messaged me like back in july whenever it was mud pump month um they're just doing some sort of marketing scheme where they're reaching out to people on instagram sending them tools asking them to post you know for videos or pictures just post in general um reviewing the tools using the tool washing the tool and uh so they messaged me about july doing that mud pump month we did that after that done so 
they've messaged me again about doing uh commando month reviewing the commando set which was again for me it was weird because never ran a compound tube um and they even they were like well we've got uh another month where we're doing tomahawk blades would you rather i send you some wipe down blades and i was like i had most of that kit um the 32 inch wipe or skimming blade and pretty much everything in it yeah so i was like no i'd rather have the compound tube i'd rather have some new tool to work with than something that i've already got and i don't i use my skimming blades but i don't use them that much like i see a lot of people wiping down behind their boxes that was another thing i wanted to talk about um the whole yeah. wiping down behind boxes I don't, yeah i don't do that I don't need to wipe down behind boxes <laughs> right 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 you uh, hear that jason griffin <laughs> i'm sorry (laughs) oh boy i've done it both ways i've done it both ways um i think there's advantages to it i think it's a good apprentice job i think if you have two people it's cool but i also think you can dial in those tools and uh pull that stuff out right you don't now on the first code i do like to touch up into the angles where that you know your void your trial bar doesn't get back into the tape um i'll fill that in yeah but as far as running my 12 inch box and the skim coat, that little void will be filled in by the angle box whenever I skim those angles. So yeah, no, I'm skipping that. When I when I'm running my 12 inch box, I got a five inch knife in my back pocket. And if I feel that box running wrong or I hear it running wrong, I know I can touch up with that five inch knife. See, I always so, learn I always learned to use it. I always learned like the dudes that I worked around always used a six. And I always found it weird when somebody wasn't using a six. Like, oh, I was brought up to use a six and just yeah. started using I've actually found Switched. there's this job that we did. Um another crew, there's another drywall company in our area. Another crew came in and textured my ceilings. Like I wasn't even skimmed. Like every the whole house was bedded. And this crew showed up, sk- textured my ceilings. Nice. <laughs> I get a, I get a call. It was like deer season. I wasn't even at work. I get a call and said, "Hey, did you texture those ceilings?" I'm like, "No." Well, who did? I don't know. <laughs> so they, they better uh, get out their tomahawk skimming blades. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when I got back to the job. I found a five inch knife on that job from where those guys left it, and that was my first five inch knife. And funny, I that's yeah. Those guys left a five inch knife, and you're like, "Well, not only not only do you have to come reskim your ceiling, but I'm stealing your five inch knife." Well, they never came back. They like they never owned up to it. We confronted them about it. <laughs> they didn't know anything. About how did it. you fix? How did you? How did you fix that ceiling? The ceiling actually came out good, other than the garage, because I was having a bad time with garage drying. So like the, the garage looked really rough, but so you're the saying the, the, the um, ceiling had just been uh boxed, ten inch boxed, yeah, and that's it. They they, they stomped it, yeah. And you you did you fix the texture or not? No, there was no the texture on the inside of the house looked good. Now I had to run all of my top angles by hand. Where they, you know, I'd typically run them with a box. They were just coated with a two and a half inch. Okay. Um, but no, the <clears throat> homeowner was happy with it. And, you know, as well as I do, as long as they're happy, everybody's happy. Yeah. But you really couldn't, couldn't make anything out. And I mean, I'm not going to say it looked great, but okay. to an average eye. It looked so there like, was some stuff. There was some not, stuff <laughs> that you saw. We, you know, so, I mean, I've, I've pushed the, I've done it over tape coat too, but, uh, just tape 
but I I got on that particular job, I got hairline cracks. But I think it was because on that job, the contractor taped it and um, they used mesh. And I think that's why it, it wasn't the Fresco Harmony. I think it was I think it was because they used the mesh. I've never had good luck with that mesh. I've heard that you have to use Darabond with it or the 45. The that's what that's what I've heard as well. Um, I've. I've ran, so we've done jobs over plaster where there's spider cracking all over. And mm -hmm. I've uh, just ran like the mesh with like a quick coat of the color over the top of the mesh with all purpose, colored all purpose. And I'm, and then I've, we've gone Fresco Harmony over that. Never an issue. Hmm. Um, I'm curious about uh, the wood paneling. How the hell do you go over wood paneling? Do you tape the seams? Uh, yeah the very first oh, yeah, yeah the very first fresco harmony job that i ever did in my life was over my buddy's wood paneling we had just i had just we were doing the full wall pool trial cover in crested butte and he had wood paneling we we're gonna rip it off you know i was staying at his house my truck broke down um you know i was probably yeah 26 27 um and uh, this was up in Washington, and I was literally living. I had a Chinook that I converted into a trailer, and I would tow that down to. He had property down on the Washougal River, up up in Vancouver, Washington, and I I I I would like tow my trailer down there and just live down by the down by the river. <laughs> and uh, I felt bad though. Like I wanted to like give him back. So I was like, is there some drywall? Well, you know, and he was like, well, let's do something with this wood paneling. And I was like, let's color it, dude. I have a photo I could dig out of that job. That was the very first uh, Fresco Harmony job that I ever did was over wood paneling. And he had it for years. He had that mud up for years and we didn't even tape the seams. We didn't do shit. Yeah. I just smeared mud all <laughs> over the walls and uh colored it i had i colored the one bucket because i i was initially i was like how would you get two-tone like plaster you know has two-tone so my initial thought was like oh well mi just mix two colors together so i had a bucket and i dumped black into the bucket which made like a gray and then i had just regular white mud so the very first Fresco Harmony job was like I did a big scoop of black and then a small, I used my four inch or three inch knife and I did a scoop of white and swirled them together and just got this tripified like, you know, black, gray and white like swirl. And then <laughs> I used a, a water-based varnish with a round edge sponge and that's how I sealed it. And I, I would dip the sponge into this <laughs> into this like because i didn't know nobody told taught me i had to figure it all out <laughs> and awesome. so uh we would do two coats of that so it was sealed it wasn't very strong those walls weren't as durable as the trial sealer that we're using now the clear coat sealer so is, is it the sealer that like hardens the wall makes it all one is that I'm trying to understand it still. Yeah, yeah. It may it just seals it and it compresses it and it kind of like uh you know, it makes it tough. Yeah. You know, it kind of finishes it, just like stain on wood. Mm -hmm. Kind of cool. like that. It's not bulletproof, but it protects it, you know, mm -hmm. some. 
Um, but yeah, that none of that was there. I just dumped color into a bucket and the, and, uh, you know, I was like, I thought like I had invented like the, you know, the bazooka or something, you know, um, I was like, this is amazing. And I could sell this like all, <laughs> like, you know, all over the world. Like people uh-huh. are, like, but my, th- my initial thought was they were going to come to me for these beautiful walls. Well, not everybody likes psychedelic, like trippy swirl walls. I quickly figured out, you know, you have to do, I had to make samples that were tasteful. Uh-huh. So the system, the three coat system that we have now is very tasteful. It's very like universal, universally attractive. Mm-hmm. But wood paneling, yeah, wood paneling is. Yeah, uh, also be uh, going over like wallpaper. Like I just went and looked at a job. It's the house was built in nineteen twenties. It's old plaster. It's got uh, wallpaper on the walls. So they want it ripped off. Okay, and that's where I saw on Fresco. You can go over wallpaper. Never would have thought that. Um, but how, what, I'm curious what that plaster looks like behind it because I'm sure that it's spider cracked out. I mean, the wallpaper, that, like Saga, that's a long story too. Like the first one I did, um, I tried to scrape the wallpaper off and then I did it over like the ugly paper underneath and it bubbled. And then I was able to scrape the rest of it off because the mud will actually saturate that paper. Mm-hmm. But w- wallpaper has like a barrier, you know, between the paper underneath and the surface. Like it has a strong surface. So as long as the wallpaper is really glued to the wall well, um, there's no there's no issues in going over the top of it. Um, and there's a video that I posted, but like, so I'll do the base coat. We'll cut out like the seams where it's loose. We'll cut all that out, just like blisters. And uh, anywhere it's loose, anywhere there's a blister, we'll cut it all out, fix it with quick set, and then just like pre-filling. And then, um, and then we'll run our base coat. Well, that'll show you all the blisters everywhere that it's loose. So yeah. then you go through and you cut those out and fill them. Mm-hmm. no big deal before your second coat yeah and then once you run your second coat you're pretty much there you might have a couple of little trouble areas but then once you seal you know and i'm like i'm out of there and the walls look like fresco harmony by the time the other contractor could get the stuff off of the wall mm-hmm. you know and then you still have to deal with the paper and retexturing and painting yeah and sand or dust sand yeah i mean you know the dust in my world is so limited that it's not even it's a non thing job because it's people are living in the house trying to keep dust to a minimum i feel like fresco is the way to go on it well the first step is to see how well that wallpaper is adhered to the wall if it's Mm -hmm. like if it's on there like how am i going to get this wallpaper off it's like well don't worry about it go over it yeah. Do do a wall, do a test spot, you know, do a test wall with white mud, you know, if you're like nervous about it or something, you know, I think, I think people have opinions about all this stuff, but it's like contempt prior to investigation. Yeah. You know? No, to me, um, I guess just going over wallpaper as a whole is just foreign to me. I just always assumed that you had to take it off, go back down to the plaster. Right. So. And I did too. Yeah, Plaster, yeah. 
really I'm really curious about because I get a lot of those old plaster jobs and it's like nobody's taught me anything about plaster. It's just going out and learning on my own. <laughs> I don't Game use up. to this day, I don't use any plaster. Like there's there's a video called The Problem with Plaster. And I go into the house and they have a bunch of the former homeowner tried to match the existing plaster and all the damage that was on the exit. It looked like crap. Um, I had to go through that house and same thing. I, I, I actually used Fibofuse on that one a little bit, but it didn't, it actually didn't work as good as the mesh. And I might get some backlash for that, but the mesh actually will go around contours better than the Fibofuse. Okay. But for patching on Fresco Harmony and lots of other things, I think the Fibofuse is fantastic. And then also paper tape, I think, is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't go wrong with good old paper tape. Yeah. So do you do like do you do flats and butts in uh in Fibofuse? No, I rarely use Fibofuse. I use it a lot on uh like say something cracks out and I've got to repair it. Or if I'm doing like a small remodel job, I don't I don't use it that often. I know a lot of people don't like using it on their butts because it, I don't know if you've ever had it happen to you, but it like rips once it, once you wipe it down too much, you start getting some of the fibers to tear out of the paper. Yeah. Uh, I've had that experience. Do anything with the video? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll post, I'll post like a 15 second uh, or sorry, 15 minute audio version of on YouTube, like a teaser. Mm-hmm. So they can yeah, watch. I always see them on TikTok. I think you posted the last one on TikTok. Yeah, I'll post those on TikTok too, yeah. and then uh, I'll do like a, uh, I'll do like um, a little like promo, mm-hmm. and then I'll do like a little bit, like maybe one minute of us like talking like this. Um, I'll post that some places because Instagram is weird when it comes to podcasting. So you have to get special software to post a podcast to Instagram. So if you notice, my Instagram feed is just uh, just excerpts or teasers. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast lives in other places. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I finally checked out one of Bill's podcasts, the one with Brad Hanna. And it, yeah. I checked it out through Instagram. And it was honestly yep. a pain because I, I always listen on my way to work. And... I had to pull up Instagram and have Instagram running the whole time that I was on my way to work. Stupid. And I lost service. Yeah. And I couldn't, you know, like I always listen to yours through Spotify. I've got the 15 second button to where if I need to go back, hear something again, just hit that button. I think, I think flat butts is on Spotify as well. Yeah. I tried to find it on Spotify and I couldn't find it. Mm, Maybe it's Apple podcast that he's on. Um, But yeah, I actually, message brad and he sent sent me the link to the one on instagram but inconvenient so stick with what you're doing i like what you're doing okay <laughs> don't, don't worry about getting that oh, software for instagram you don't need to post the whole podcast you mean on. winging it just winging it is better <laughs> and and to to bill's uh credit like the the flat butts podcast is really well done you know it's oh, it very is. it's very clear and the in you know the the audio levels are good and you know, um, I, me though, it, it's, uh, it's like, get the content out there. I really like these interviews. If I can like just wrangle, I don't even care. Like if I, you know, if somebody has like a microphone, I don't care. I just, I want the audio. I'll try to make it as good as I can. 
because the content to me is really important. You know, like I got to sit on my content for like a week and edit it before I can get it even close to being out there. Well, well, <laughs> I mean, on it. Yeah, but I have to be. I mean, it's because it goes into like what I'm promoting. And I've shifted into a different space of work. So I do this all the time. You know what I mean? I th- There was a large period of time where I would be on the wall doing Fresco Harmony because it was like a, a nice job and I was making bank and I'd be bogged down for two weeks with this job and dealing with that and I couldn't do any of this. And I, I realized like I can't be on the wall anymore. I have to do this, you know, uh, and it's it's bittersweet because I do like working hard and, you know, I like putting in a good eight hour day. And, you know, I like that. I liked those days, you know, um, but this is what I do mm-hmm. now. And it's shifting. It's di- shifting into a different aspect of drywall that I think is important. I mean, Talking with other drywalls and sharing this, I think, is a very important thing. And, you know, if I'm the one to do it, so be it. But, you know, it does pull me away from the wall. And also I get to sell product and, you know, talk with cool dudes. So it's it's a trade-off for sure, you know. No, I think it's cool that um, I think this is bringing the community together and just like social media as a whole is bringing it together. Um, it's cool seeing like i don't know like you said usually guys aren't sharing their tips don't want to give you any advice and now everybody's just out there putting info out sharing what you know yeah why not why not you know like uh, a drywall shorty sort of talks about that like you know Mm -hmm. like you're you're scared like maybe somebody's gonna come take your work or something but you know the reality is no no we talked about the columbia we talked about work we talked about uh uh, I saw a video where you were like at the gym. You work out? Yeah, working out's always been a passion for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like my body is one of my most important tools. So if yeah. I can keep my body in top shape, everything else will be good. You know? Oh, it's the most important tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> fact that, you know, just working out makes running the flat box easier. You know, if I yeah. if I can make it just a little bit easier, it's gonna benefit you know yeah i bet you crush it out there and then what else do you do for uh what else do you do for your uh social outlet or uh you know off time um i enjoy golfing and fishing those are my two hobbies golfing fishing working out do you fly fish no i've never i've tried to learn it but man that's just different like there's an art to that yeah it's hard it's pretty fun though you fly fish I do a little, not enough to say, not enough to say that I'm any good at it, whatever. And then, so, uh, you've ordered some Fresco Harmony. You, I imagine you haven't had time to play around with it yet since you're asking questions about the sealer. I just got it yesterday. (laughs) I want to watch the how-to video or messing with it. So I think I'm going to work with some this weekend. I'm staring at it on my desk every right now. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I got it last night and like I was telling you, I started making a, putting a little video together for it. Nice. Itchy man cam working with Fresco Harmony. Yeah, yeah. Do you have uh, sample boards? No. No, that's something I wanted to talk to you about as far as like how you went together as far as putting that 
Yeah, like, I would cut. I would cut some sample boards, specifically sixteen by uh, twenty-one inch. I use masonite instead of drywall. The drywall is nice; you can cut it and stuff, but it deteriorates and breaks down, and then it like sheds. You know, you're in a five hundred thousand dollar home because a lot of the presentations I do are in existing texture painted homes that we're going to mm-hmm. go over. You know, they just want something different on the walls, so you don't want to, you know, put your sample that's like got broken drywall all over somebody's like you know ten thousand dollar dining room table and then Mm -hmm. you have drywall dust all over um so masonite works really good the thin masonite masonite all right i got that written down cool i said a two by two sample is a little big because it's hard to put under your arm or carry so that 16 by 21 inch is a really good size and then somebody was telling me today, they were like, oh, I'm trying to convince these these homeowners of doing their fireplace. And I was like, do you have a sample? Like, it's, if they see it, you know, and it looks good and you're like, I can do this on your wall, they'll buy it. But the sample's key. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I feel like you would have to have a sample there. Like, not, you just can't see enough from the, the color pamphlet that you gave me. Like, not no. downing it, but you know what i mean i'm not uh no it's just you can't same thing with no okay i'm, I'm glad you're you're picking up <laughs> what i'm putting down <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's a springboard so you want the color chart and you want the sample board so you can like mm-hmm. show them you know this is what this color is going to oh, yeah. look like well, that's even looking at the, you know, looking at your Instagram, like you can see the pictures of it, but you can't see what it really looks like. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when you when you see it in real, but I mean, from a drywall standpoint, it's when you use it. Like mm-hmm. when you do a wall, you're like, oh, I get what he's doing now. It's really experiential, you know, too. Um, it's pretty cool. So what's in the future? What does the future hold for Cam? Precision drywall the big things are we are you still thinking about doing that giveaway that fresco harmony giveaway? <laughs> uh i do I've, I've been like i've been thinking about i've been thinking about how i want to do it you know I'm, ho- I'm hoping for more collaborations nick i'm hoping to get endorsements and stuff like that maybe yeah maybe next year it'll be a full year with columbia tools and <laughs> great right right powerful pump from graco there you go there you go <laughs> Start start planting those seeds, buddy. Dude, Greco uh, will send I, you one. Those those yeah. pump those pumps are expensive. Although, you know, no no offense, I don't know how like necessary they are. I'm sorry. Am I the only one that thinks that? It's like, do I really? Can I not I do? Can I not do you, this? Dude, you pump that <laughs> pump all day. You, <laughs> you do want that powerful pump? Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Like yeah, you know. see, you see, like <laughs> Phil, he like put it, put his little hawk down there. Yeah, <laughs> get a little more. Boop, boop. <laughs> like an ice cream machine. You can, know, you know what? Really that would be a fun video. Before you run mud through it, run a little soft serve through that sucker, and just like make an ice cream cone, or make an ice cream cone with mud. Yeah, or just do it with mud. That'd be good. Yeah, the ice cream cone mud challenge. <laughs> with the uh with the electric <laughs> um 
That's funny. Yeah. And so with the giveaway, I was thinking, well, it'd be cool to go like see Columbia's headquarters, or it would be cool to go to Trim Texas headquarters. But how cool would it be if like the dudes from Columbia came to you and we all met where you're at? We could do a review of the Columbia tools and we could also do like a Fresco Harmony wall or tool. Like that would be way cooler to me. Like, let's go meet where the people are. And let's like show you this stuff on your home turf, maybe meet some of your builders and we could both get videos of it. Like, I think that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of where my brain's I'm going. To learn, I'm trying to learn Fresco from the master. Yeah. Look, we'll do it, dude. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Um, and then also of course i end every interview with uh what would you do you've been on you've been on the internet now a little bit you're starting to break into the scene what what uh what wisdom could you bestow upon your fellow tradesmen cam um with (laughs) with persistence will come success i like it wisdom did you think about that prior Uh, to the show i I had to, man. Everyone, no one else came prepared. Good. <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast. I knew this was <laughs> not really. Um, had, had I quit doing the videos, whenever you know, my first video that I posted on Instagram sucked. If I'm being honest, and it's still up there, yeah, so everybody can see it. Yeah. Um, and had I not sucked that first time, man, I wouldn't be on the podcast today. I wouldn't be here talking to Nick Harmon. If I hadn't done my first podcast, I wouldn't be here talking to you. You know, you right. have, right. you have to right. like, you have to risk it all. You yeah. Know? You gotta, you gotta put yourself out there, man. Yeah. So don't be afraid really of the good. other people out there. All right. So We're say, <laughs> say your, say your uh, pearl of wisdom again. With persistence will come success. I like it. I like it. Um, Cam, Cameron Brown, Precision Drywall, uh, a younger uh, generation of the drywall industry coming up, learning the trade. Thank you for your time today on the Drywall Podcast. Uh, we're going to be in touch. We're going to find out how the Fresco Harmony goes. For sure, Nick. I appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon, man. Cool, man. Love to have round two on the drywall podcast. Yeah, we could do a round two. So. My conversation with Columbia was so thick. I was already like, dude, we're going to have to do a two-parter because they've got so much like awesome mm-hmm. history, you know, with the tools and all that. It's like, it's, you know, it's going to be good. So, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, man, I've been running their tools, you know, since I started, but uh, I, I don't deal with them a lot. I deal with uh, Jill through their social media account. Yeah, but no, I don't know the guys at Columbia too. They're cool, cool to hear about them and hear them. So, yeah, looking right. forward to it. All right, brother. Well, you have a good evening, and um, send me some of those images. Send me some images and stuff, and we'll uh, we'll try to get this sucker up on Friday. It'll be awesome. Cool. I'm looking forward to it, Nick. I appreciate you having me. All right, buddy. Have a good evening. All right, you do the same later. Special thanks to Cameron Brown for being on the Drywall Podcast today. If you have any questions about the Drywall Podcast, you can email me directly at info at frescoharmony.com. You can listen to the Drywall Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, 
Apple Podcast, and also YouTube. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're always posting cool stuff there. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you today by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Fresco Harmony is the world's first color line for drywall mud. Thank you for listening to the Drywall Podcast today. We appreciate it deeply. Join us every Friday for a new episode of the Drywall Podcast. And remember, keep drywalling.